this is Lee. I'm from Texas, and I'm a marijuana addict. And uh, today, by the grace of this program and a higher power and the fellowship, I've been clean for 612 days. And uh, that has not been easy. Um, it's, it's not been necessarily simple, a little bit simple, but not necessarily easy either. Um, you know, they always say kind of tell a little bit about the beginning and, you know, the fact is we're all here for the exact same thing. And, um, you know, I smoked a lot of weed, just like so many of us have. Um, for me, I a lot of it was a chase for a long time because I can count on one hand uh, the times that I had all those fabulous giggles and the the flared energy to do a lot more stuff and all this creative um, opening and even felt like I was having some spiritual connection when I would smoke. Um, and, uh, and then there were times when I was smoking for medicinal benefits. But every one of those times were very, very fleeting. Um, I, I would experience some great times and then that would be gone. And then what the experience was was chasing after that, um, always hoping to have that experience again. And it just wasn't going to happen. Those, those attempts were over and over, and uh, it just was one long chase that developed into you know daily smoking all day and every day. I did have a pretty good stint about 20 years ago of five years being clean and free of marijuana and, and and that was good that that was NAA I did not know about MA uh, when I divulged to my sponsor one day that really my thing was marijuana she basically said oh well you can't be here <laughs> and I was actually pretty happy about that because I wasn't doing too good and I wanted out and uh, I remember going on a short trip with my mom and we were in a hotel room and I knew she would have some weed and I asked her and and so we smoked and and that was the last time I ever really had a great giggle experience from marijuana never had that again um but that's a good memory I suppose so then what followed after that was about 20 years of daily using um, fast forward up to the last year or so, I was really in a place of, of trying to make peace with with my marijuana use, like trying to find a way that that it was just okay, that I could just do this, that I, I was finding any way I could to bargain with myself, even including telling myself that that's the only reason I was alive, so I would have lungs and a hands and be able to smoke and I've said that on this line a lot but it really was true it's really how I felt um, because the other ways that I felt uh, were that I had no more desire to do much of anything in life I didn't really care about anything I didn't have much of a sense of myself other than self-hate uh, and I was emotionally suffering all the time my emotions were pretty much out of control 
And what I was doing was telling myself that every time I'd smoke weed, it was helping me. It was calming me down. But it was actually making everything worse. And so, you know, for me, it was like a living death. Um, Just a shroud of misery all the time. Uh, And this, this lying to myself constantly of saying everything's fine and I don't have a problem and I can keep doing this, and everything else is my problem, and if I just smoke another joint, then I can handle going to this event or being around these people or everything that's going on in the world. Just, you know, just a little bit more and everything will be fine. And it's just like that endless loop and endless cycle every day, day in and day out, Uh, that just felt like it never ended. It was like a merry-go-round. um, I'm sure many people can relate with the fact that enough was never enough. I just, <laughs> I could never get enough. So then fast forward to um, around uh, Christmas holidays in 2018, I got the flu and I was really, really sick. And, and when I was coughing, it really hurt severely bad and I was actually pretty worried like wow I've never had a cough that hurt this much but yet I'm still wanting to smoke pot and I'm thinking if I just take a little small hit I can just get a little bit and it'll be okay and I would cough and it would just be awful and I thought well maybe I'll make some edibles I remember I have this really old butter in the freezer and I'll I'll finish making that and it was super strong and and if if that didn't just about kill me, I really don't know what would have. Um, I've never felt so bad in my life, and I really did think I was going to die. And, you know, Christmas Day was the most sad day of my existence at that time. Um, if you can imagine laying on the bathroom floor, nothing will stay down. Um, I'm completely alone. It's Christmas and I feel like I'm going to die. And I just, uh, in that moment, I knew that I was beat, that I was really beat, that um, that I was really sick and I couldn't stop smoking weed, that I was still trying to get that into my system, even though it, it was making me worse. And so I just kind of... Um, said, well, okay, if there's a power greater than myself out there, I see it. I recognize I'm beat, but um, I don't think I can quit as long as I have the desire to keep smoking. So maybe you could help and take that desire to smoke away. And I really feel like um, there may not have been anything else in my entire life that I meant more in that moment, ever. Um, it was I was dead serious, and I was actually deadly serious that I thought I was going to die, too. So I was scared. Uh, so I went to bed, and I woke up the next day, and the desire that I had was to quit and to start doing whatever I had to do to make that happen. And I got on the Internet, and I found the MA phone lines, And I came flying into these phone lines, one hot mess, 
<laughs> oh, boy. And I bet there's a lot of people that can attest to that on this phone line because I really was. I, I think I might have cried at every meeting. I was angry. I was scared. I was, um, and the fear was that I was never going to get any better, that I'd smoked so much pot that I'd ruined my, my brain. I also looked up and found that there was a land meeting not far from where I lived, and I was really glad for that uh, as well. And those first 30 to um, 90 days, I was able to treat myself like I was in recovery. Uh, I didn't have insurance or any way to go to recovery, and I, I don't think I would have gone to a re- rehab center. That's maybe not my thing. But I wasn't able to work at all, so I called into the meetings pretty constantly. Um, another thing that I did that I don't recommend to anyone is uh, that I held on to the majority of my stash. Uh, I had a whole lot of marijuana when I quit smoking, and I was afraid that if I let it go and gave it away, got rid of it, whatever, that I would go into a panic and and start smoking again. So I was playing reverse psychology with myself and saying, well, I've got it, so it's there. If I want to smoke it, I can smoke it any time. And for me personally, that seems to work. I held on to it until about day 96. Uh, those first 90 days were hell. And again, like I said, I cried a lot. I did a lot of meetings. And luckily there were a couple of people well, there were a lot of people that reached out to me quite a bit. Uh, some started asking me before I even had 60 days if I would sign up to do service in the way of chairing meetings. And there were also some times when someone wouldn't show up to chair a meeting and I would just do it. I just kept hearing that service keeps you sober and I wanted to jump into this you know, head on because that day, that Christmas day on the floor, when I asked for help, I knew that that help would be there as long as I did everything in my power, you know, went to any length necessary to to do the work. You know, it wasn't just going to be easy. I was going to have to work. So... um But at 96 days, I had some trouble, and I realized it was time to let go of all my weed. And um, I've told this story before that I kind of made bundles out of all all my weed with a little lighter and a little pipe, and I went downtown and handed out little pot bundles to homeless people sleeping on the streets, told them I was the pot fairy. And for me, that, that felt good, because if I had given it to a friend, or uh, you know, a relative, or anyone that I knew, then I would have known they had it, and I might have wanted to go and get it back, or say, well, I gave you some weed, so you can get me high now. So I knew I couldn't do whatever I'd ever done before. I had to do things differently, so that's how I chose to do that. Um, so then when I got to 120 days, I felt almost... Um, like slapped in the face because in my mind I'd always heard that if you do the same thing for 120 days you'll form a new habit 
And I thought, okay, 120 days, I should feel a lot better. I should be well. Everything should be great. And I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel that way at all. In fact, I still felt like my body was full of THC. I still was emotional. Uh, I still just felt like I was all over the place. But people in this program kept loving me, kept talking to me. I kept doing meetings. And uh, someone told me about post-acute withdrawal symptoms, which I looked up and found that, oh, these symptoms, this feeling of still being stoned, that could last for up to two years. Well, once I realized that, I was able to take a little step back and basically kind of settle in and say, okay, well, so I'm in this for the long haul. If I'm going to give this a real fair chance, it's going to be a minimum of two years before I start to feel better, and I've just got to accept that. And uh, so that's that's kind of what I did. All along the way, I started working the steps and started learning about the principles uh, that go hand-in-hand with the steps you know, and realizing that with step one, that principle is honesty. And that that was easy for me once I was willing to be honest with myself and say the word addict about myself. And once I could do that, then the step two and three came, and for me those were harder, to have hope and faith that a higher power was going to help restore me to sanity, like like me, I, I didn't see that in myself. I didn't see I was worthy. But I could believe that I didn't have a desire to smoke pot and that something had helped to take that away from me, even if I didn't know what it was or maybe even believe in it. Something worked. And so, so I decided I would have faith and keep going and then then I started working on that fourth step, and I was scared to do that. I was worried that, you know, whoever I told or read the fourth step to, they, you know, they would validate how horrible I really thought I was. But the fourth step gave me so much. What it did was, um, and the principle of that is courage, it did give me courage. It gave me the courage to look at what my part in things were. And it also gave me tools to see ways that I could have done things differently. So there I was being given a blueprint of, oh, well, when this happens in the future, I can do it differently. And uh, and so along the way I was discovering that this isn't just a program to help me quit smoking pot. It's a, a program to help me live my life because really that's what I have is a living program, excuse me, a living problem. Um, And marijuana is just the tool, the thing that I use to cover up, you know, my issues with that. Uh, so, So on to step five, having the integrity to tell the truth about uh, resentments that I'd had, fears that I had, and learn ways uh, from my sponsor at the time that I could be different. And and facing my own self, really, you know, facing myself was the hardest thing to do because I'd spent the better part of my life avoiding myself. 
And uh, marijuana was that tool all the time to help me avoid being with myself, uh, getting to know myself. But in the fourth and fifth step, and then on into the sixth and seventh, that's that's where all that meat is that that opened up a world of, you know, I'm not as bad as I thought. I'm just human. And, and I'm going to be okay because the fourth step didn't kill me. Telling somebody about the fifth step didn't kill me. People still like me. They love me. And I'm beginning to love myself too. And that's huge. Uh, you know, the, the family I came from kind of instilled in me that it wasn't really okay to, like, walk around loving myself. That was conceited and selfish and self-centered. And none of that was okay ever. But in MA, not only was I given the uh, tools to start loving myself, but I was also given permission to have a higher power of my own understanding. And that was even more beautiful because my family also taught me about a higher power that wasn't so nice and loving and forgiving. They taught me about one that was sending me to hell for everything. So so all of this is happening for me in my first basically six months of being in this program. And... I'm just going to reiterate again that none of that was easy. Um, every day felt like a struggle, but every day felt like a new day to keep on going. And there were some days when all I could do was just uh, go back to bed. And then I'd get to wake up with another day clean. So that was good. Um, and I put off the sixth and seventh step for a long, long while because uh as I like to say, I, I really didn't, I don't like the, the uh, phrase defects of character or character defects. Uh, I much prefer character challenges because I really think that's, you know, that's, they're, they're my challenges. I don't feel like I'm defective. Um, I feel like there's things that I need to work on and that I'd like to improve about myself. And step six and seven gave me all of that. Um, in step six, I became willing to not only look at the things that that brought me suffering, that that made it hard to look at myself in the mirror, that uh, caused me to have issues in relationships, but also helped me look at my assets and things that I was good at and things that were okay about myself. And, um, you know, in step seven with practicing the principle of humility. I don't know that God is going to just like poof, remove my shortcomings and I'm just going to be this perfect person. I, I don't really believe that. But what I do feel is that my higher power gives me opportunities all the time to see things that that I do that might not be so great, but also th see things that I do great. And, and it gives me the opportunity to see what that looks like so that I can make shifts and changes in my life as I go along. Because, um, again, this program is so much more than just quitting weed. It's, it's tools that are helping me want to live 
and want to get up every day and face what's what's out there. What what do I get to do today? My brain is so much clearer now and I just I have this this um well care and desire to live my life in a way that I didn't have, um, in a way that marijuana really stole from me. So um, I do want to say that uh, some of the most important things for me to do in this program have been to reach out to my fellows in the program and also to pick up the phone when other people have reached out to me and make those friendships and connections and indeed, um, they have saved me over and over and over again to be able to call each other and just say, you know what, today was crazy and I feel like smoking and have somebody on the other line say, I totally understand. And I know they mean it. It just is, there's nothing like it. It's a huge help. Um, and that sentence in our awakenings, when we begin to uh, to accept the unpleasant unpleasantness in our lives and experience gratitude when we can grow from it, yeah, I I have been able to do that. I'm very grateful that I have the opportunity to grow and continue to be the person that I always thought I could be. Uh, may not be a better person or the greatest person on earth, but I'm someone I can live with now. And um, I'm really grateful for that. So I don't know if, if everyone has heard this little story, but about a week or two ago, I was pulling something out of my freezer when lo and behold, there was a marijuana bud just there in this little plastic bag, just saying hello, basically waving at me. And I mean, the addict in me was immediately activated. This was when I had 599 days. And I'd had a great day. I was in a good space. Thank goodness. I'm really grateful for that. But the minute that I saw that, I I remember thinking, don't open it, don't open it, and I'm opening it. I'm smelling it. There's, I'm just, I have to. I have to smell it. And as I said, it smelled so good. It, it was perfectly preserved, and I was in big trouble. And I was shocked at how quickly I uh, was ready to throw away 599 days just to have that, to smoke that, you know, and to do that. I went in my living room and I sat down and I'm smelling it and I knew I had to pick up the phone and call somebody. And I actually called somebody I thought might not answer, but she did. And she said, put the bud down. (laughs) And I did. And I came into my bedroom And I went through all kinds of feelings, and uh, some of the most intense feelings were anger and resentment that um, I couldn't just smoke that, that it wasn't okay. Um, Acceptance that I knew if I smoked it, 
that it would be great for about a half a minute and then I, it wouldn't be. I knew the road that was going to lead me down. I knew that um, I know without a doubt in my mind that I don't have another go out in me. When I left, when I decided to smoke after five years clean, it took me almost 20 years to get back here. So I really don't think I would ever come back. Um, and that scares me because I don't, I don't want to ever return to that kind of living death again. So by the grace of higher power and my friend on the phone, I was able to go and flush that bud and uh, and cut up the bag and put the trash out. And I, I actually had to call several people at night. I, I just, you know, I just do what I have to do. And, and that is, again, a testament to the power of making connections in this program. As I said, I was able to reach out to people and say, here's what I'm going through, and I'm kind of freaking out, and I'm actually pretty shocked to have this much time and to be so quickly activated. You know, my brain was like, save it for later. Save it for guests. Maybe they'll come along, and, and you can share it with them, and I mean, everything, every story in the world was going off in my brain for why I had to keep that bud. And I'm just so happy to say I don't have it anymore. And yet, I'm going to be honest and admit, there's a small part of me, I can feel it right now going, yeah, that really sucked when we had to throw that in the toilet and flush it. That was bullshit. But I'm an addict. And what happened for me that night was that I had an opportunity to be at peace with the fact that I can accept that I'm an addict and that it's always going to be that way and that if I choose to ever lift my hand to my mouth with, a, with whatever kind of medium to smoke with and I choose to inhale, then I'm going to be right back in that road again. Miserable, unhappy, crying, and um, somebody that nobody likes. That's at least how I feel like I became. So so thank you, friends, on the phone and, and my fellowship uh, for all these months of uh, being there for me. And uh, one last bit on service. I wanted to say that uh, service really has kept me sober. sober. I've chaired a lot of meetings. I've been on subcommittees. Um, I've reached out to newcomers in the way of, you know, doing the work of the 12th step, basically just helping others whenever anyone anywhere reaches out. I, I want to be there for them and tell them, you know, how I, how I made it through. And still working some of my steps and uh, getting a lot out of that. And I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep doing what everyone here told me to do, which is come to meetings work the steps, and um, do it one day at a time. So that way I can uh, realize those promises in in my life. I guess that's it. I, I think I've talked plenty long enough, and I appreciate the opportunity to do so. So thank you so much, Sally, for sharing the meeting for us. And thank you, everyone else who's on the line and came to listen to me tonight. Uh, my friend David from... Austin has been there and watched me in person go through all of this 
and uh, as have all of y'all heard me on the phone going through all of this, and I just don't know where I'd be without all of you, so I'm extremely grateful. Thank you.